Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mirror. Today we've dropped into the mirror with a very special guest. Her name is Jody Krangle. She is a voiceover actor, professional, and an extremely talented and artistic, creative individual. So I can't wait to welcome Jody Krangle today to the Marketing Mirror. Let's find out more about what Jody can teach us for our brand, branding, marketing, and advertising. I think you're going to find out it's quite a lot. I find you fascinating. I love how creative you are. And, oh, thank you. you know, this, yeah, I just think it's really fascinating. But I thought I'd try to. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. You know, give you the questions that stay more in line with what we're supposed to be talking about. It's all good. I mean, you know, we could talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I love about you. You have so many, such a wide range of topics that you know about and that you've, you know, experience in and all that, that it makes it even more fascinating. So I um, I really appreciate you coming on again. No problem. Yeah. Happy to. I, I stole this from the Zoom guy, uh, from the Zoom kitchen guy. I forget his name. Jeff Wid Widgren, maybe. He says that the new business suit is your mic, your camera, and your lighting. It's true. It's very true. I have this, uh, yeah, like here, like this little table and such. And normally when I'm on a Zoom, I don't usually, I don't bother, but it covers the area of the floor that you would see that, right, right. <laughs> I, I, like, you know, I'd just rather not have it on camera. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there, there, well, with the AI, people are creating all kinds of backgrounds. My backgrounds for the Marketing Mirror have been AI creations. Mm -hmm. Tell everybody how you got into voiceover. Because Ooh. you're a, a professional voiceover actor. That's your number one thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So. It was a long time in coming, actually. I, I got into doing um, some volunteer work for the Canadian National Institute for the Blind back in 95, 96. So I, said, I did that for about a year. And I was reading magazines, magazine articles onto reel-to-reel -reel tape at the time, because that's oh, what they had. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned about the tech and I learned about the reading and the you know, speaking and all of that. And I've been a singer since basically I could talk. So using my voice has always been something I've wanted to do. And that's kind of why I volunteered my time. I thought it would be fun to do. And it, it was, and I learned a ton. But after that, I really didn't have the opportunity to sort of transition from there into actual voiceover work that was outside of just 
you know, volunteering. And I was actually doing uh, SEO and internet marketing when I first went out into the wider world as a self-employed individual. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what I did for a so number of years. you entered digital like the rest of us with a website and learning oh, SEO. Yeah. And yeah, I had a website and... in 95. I've been wow. online for a long time. I got my first computer in 86. So I have wow. been using the computer and on the internet for a very long time. <laughs> but you um, didn't know how at first to combine your voice talent yeah. with, with that. But you yeah. already had that background. And and, and I just want to point out, there's another like hidden talent she just mentioned. I've heard some of her singing and she's <laughs> fabulous. Also, I think you do some acting singing, if I'm not mistaken. I, I haven't in... I haven't really, I, I've done some comedy <laughs> is what I've done. So <laughs> I, I, I have a, a, a um, acoustic folk band that does some performing every once That's in a while. It. We haven't done anything for a really long time, but, but previously we would be guesting at small music conventions. And when we did that, we would have a performance and the performance was often partially comedy. <laughs> wow. So, you know, um, one of our, uh, one of our band members, it was a cartoonist and, and very much a funny songwriter. And <laughs> she, she wrote some really fabulous songs. And, and when we performed them, it was basically comedy. It was musical comedy. And I love that. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun that way. Yeah. You have so many talents. That's, that was one of the things I discovered in our back conversation before this interview. And that's one of the things I love about Jody because that uh, creativity that and that expanding into different areas, I think that's so important. I think people get stuck a little bit in one thing and they don't see the bigger space and different opportunities and maybe limit themselves because they don't try things. I've been kind of like in a full out exploration since I hit the scene and I'm amazed at where it's taking me. Yeah. So, um, people can be multi-passionate. You know, I, I, I don't think that people need to limit themselves because they're worried about not having a niche. Let's say you can right. be multi-passionate, I think, and still find it fulfilling and still find clients that will want what you offer. And you can just do other things on the side or, you know, it, like feed our souls. We don't have to be one thing or another thing. You can be many things. <laughs> How did you go from volunteering and being website SEO into being this voiceover actor extraordinaire? Because <laughs> that's kind of crazy that that's where you landed. Yeah, it uh, well, I did that for a number of years. And then in 2007, when Google was it, and SEO was no longer exciting to me. In fact, I was kind of bored out of my skull. <laughs> I decided, okay, I've been thinking about this voice acting thing for a really long time. So now it is time to actually give the SEO and internet marketing a rest and just close that up and, and do the the voiceover because I want to be happy so <laughs> and I don't want to be bored. <laughs> how did you make that entrance? Like, did you like make some recordings like uh, as a, a sample and start sending it out to people? Because of course in the marketing mirror, we're interested in how you go about marketing, especially, well, now you're talking from a startup position and then we'll get it a little deeper into where you are now, which is probably totally different. Yeah, it, it, it was a longer progression. You know, I mean, 
when you start a business, you are not going to be starting it from the ground running. You're just not. You have to invest in your training. You need to figure out the business backbone. How are you going to invoice? How are you going to communicate with people? Do you have a CRM? Are there other things you need to consider? Business licenses? I mean, all of this stuff, right? right. None of it is easy or quick. And right. so when I first started, and again, it's different for every business and it really depends on what you're getting into, but because voiceover is such a creative and arts theater kind of endeavor, it has a different way of doing things. So I went and found an outfit out of Toronto that was giving courses and I sent away for them to send me a mailer, which had a CD at the time. This was 2007, <laughs> right? Uh, and I practiced with that mailer and I did a whole bunch of things that would possibly be useful on a demo. I figured out what a demo was because I really didn't know what I needed to highlight or, you know, how you split the genres or should you have more than one genre on one demo? All of these considerations were very specific to voiceover. So I needed the coaching help. And right. I did have some colleagues in music in that had uh, studios. And so I could go into a studio and record some things and figuring out the home studio was the next step of all that and getting a decent demo and getting good coaching. And the first thing that I really did was I went onto a message board, which was specific to voiceovers because Facebook wasn't a thing yet. Right. <laughs> So right, we, you had to find your audience and, and yeah. you know, now we do it through social channels, but back then you had to be a little more clever. Well, and actually, again, because you were in an artistic spin, right? Like you say. Yeah. I had to find my colleagues is really what I needed to do. Mm. So, so that was really what I was looking for when I was searching the internet for voiceover somewhere and being on the internet and having known the internet for as long as I had, I knew this was global. This was not just going to be me doing voiceovers in my backyard. This was me going to be selling, you know, voiceovers to the world. You know, I, I didn't want to limit myself to my own geographical space. So knowing that I needed to be in a global arena and the, the message board was kind of that, whereas, you know, social media is it now it, actually pushed me into opportunities to learn. The really wonderful thing about the voiceover, you know, the voiceover community is that it is really supportive, very supportive. So it's not like on camera acting where if you're in a audition for whatever it is you're in an audition for, the other people in the room are glaring daggers at you the whole time because you might yeah, get the job the and they won't. Role. Yeah, yeah, right. like, it's not like that in voiceovers. And I think it's because it's much more subjective and less about how you look, mm -hmm. which which I think is just a little more freeing for all of us. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's a lot less judgmental in a way because you're not seeing the person in front of you. You're only hearing how they approach the copy and what their voice sounds like on that copy and whether it fits your audio brand. Right. And that so, was the next thing I was coming to. So yeah. what, what transpired then is that you've become a driving force behind the audio component of a brand. And I feel like that's something in marketing that we haven't 
talked about or thought about in many years until, you know, more recently with everything digital and with more people bringing an audio aspect into their world through digital. I feel like um, big companies had audio brands and that's not the case right now. Can you talk about, you know, how important that sound and that audio branding is today and your yeah. approach there? It's it's very important because we are multi-sensory creatures. <laughs> and mm -hmm. what happens with sound is that it is the emotional component. So if you're really trying to make an emotional connection with your audience, your clients, your customers, for them to really care about what you're offering, you need an audio component. And I'm not saying that you can't do that with other sensory places you know you can do that with your eyes you can certainly give people an impression of who you are with what your branding in a visual way puts out there into the world definitely but really the emotional content that's going to grab people and keep them there and make them care about what you're offering is the audio component that's how we connect to our emotions and the way that i explain this is if you are watching a movie and you turn off the sound you're going to get the idea of what's going on. You know, you'll see the plot, you'll figure it out, but you won't care. It's the music and the sound effects and the dialogue and hearing people's voices speak that really gets you involved in the story and understanding why you should care. For instance, I can, I, I hate horror movies, but I can watch a horror movie with no sound on. It doesn't affect me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, that's that impactful in that media. Yeah, that's huge. It totally but that's is. a perfect example. Um, the other thing I like about it is that sound branding. Um, I know there were a few sounds. I remember back in the 80s, it being like a thing like, OK, mm -hmm. like the the Intel processor had that date that became a patented sound that people sure. couldn't copy. Um, I know Harley Davidson had to patent their sound because yes. a Japanese bike wanted to put a chip in to sound like a Harley, but wasn't really the Harley motor and they yep. had to patent their sound. So that's how important I think people don't realize how important that sound component to your brand can be. Also, I think that might be why podcasting is so besides the fact that people can take it in when they're running or washing dishes or whatever yeah. else they're doing. Um, I think that there's that connection that you feel with a business through their voice. That's a little bit more, a little bit different, uh, a little bit more personable than say writing or other genres. And I've noticed that a lot of businesses are adding an audio component just for that, just to bring their personality into their brand. That's how it happens. Yeah, you can definitely put your personality forth in a, I think, in a much deeper way than just your logo, your visual logo. And also just to point out that the Intel audio logo, as fantastic as it is, that's not an audio brand. Uh, the okay. audio brand is way more comprehensive than just the Sonic logo. So right. as impactful as that was, and it was hugely impactful, jingles also play a role in that. There's, uh, you know, there's um, the sounds that play on on hold when you're waiting to talk with the company. 
the music that plays inside a brick and mortar store, uh, all sort you know, the brand sounds like, for instance, if your kettle makes a particular sound when it's finished boiling, right. um, these are all components of an audio brand and they're all really important. Some of them are going to be more prevalent than others because it depends on where you use them and how often you use them. The thing about the Intel audio logo was, it was so popular because they put it on the end of every commercial. Uh-huh. They had a they had a partnership going with just about every tech company out there. And if they were using the Intel chip, they said, well, we're not going to do our own advertising. We will help you with your advertising. And you just tack our logo on the end. And that's how they got into every... It was brilliant. Powerful. It was a From brilliant a strategy. Sound. Yeah. But but it's amazing how powerful that audio logo was because all you needed to do was hear those few notes and you knew exactly who it was yeah. and you knew the you knew the brand and you knew their their logo their saying you know you you yeah. knew it all in in a space of less than 5 seconds so that's, that's how powerful power. sound really is yeah, yeah. And I love that you pointed out that's only one tiny aspect, but even yes. that one tiny aspect can be that impactful. And then yes. imagine it in the bigger in the bigger package. And, yeah. and I would say that's even stronger, stronger. And how smart were they were? I didn't know that story of how they used it with the other companies. Very, yeah. very in tune, smart marketing. It's key think- to it's key to use it consistently and to well, to actually use it, first of all, there are a lot of companies who get an audio brand done and then don't use it. And that's not helpful. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, yeah, you want to use it consistently. And then you, you know, you, you want to repeat it many different times because it takes many times for our, our you know, our lizard brain to catch on to what that is. And then the memory is in there and it's in there to stay. I mean, I remember jingles from 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Why you wouldn't harness this for your business? I don't know. Cause it's super effective. Right. It is. I always say you have one of the most enviable voices in digital. <laughs> I just think you sound so perfect. Um, what if you have a voice that turns people off because some people <laughs> just don't have the podcast I don't know if it's voice or personality or attitude or what it is but some sometimes it's it's not working what do you have to say about that situation uh, I would say that there are no bad voices there are there are techniques that you can do to improve and one of the ways to do that is to slow down, to take a few breaths, to go into your lower register rather than always high up in, in the upper part of your face. There's a resonance in your, in your face that you can use and calming and, and the deep breaths and, and just lowering things and slowing them down a little bit can help a lot with that. So it just it just depends on what you're doing and when you're doing it. And now as you grew in popularity and professionalism and and being known, how did you then twist how you market for your audio branding professional voiceover type work? Well, I, 
I mean, the podcast helps. That's kind of why it's it's one of the many reasons that I started the podcast. Obviously, I want to be able to promote myself as a voice that would be good for a brand. I also want the people listening to understand how important their audio actually is, because I was finding, <clears throat> pardon me, I was finding that often the people who were hiring me were hiring me at the last minute. They hadn't thought about their voice acting until the full rest of the production was finished. So they oh. had, they had their visuals. They had their, they even sometimes had their music, you know, like they had yeah. done everything except for figuring out what voice they want to have on that production. And rather than being the bow on the present or the icing on the cake, I figured people should know how important this is so that they can think about it from the beginning of their production. So, if you have a brand that a particular vocal tone will work for, then you want to plan your video and everything around that along with that. You don't want to just tack it on at the end because so then it should really be part of your style guide. Your yes, is that audio component. exactly. And I bet you nobody thinks of it like that. Really, yeah. I bet you. So you're really impacting everyone with your message for how important it is and how impactful it can be and how it is that connector. Mm -hmm. So I think that your podcast can do a lot of good in promoting what you do professionally. I, I see it. I well, see often it. I'm, I'm finding often that the ad agencies who listen are the ones that need to prove, I guess, to their client that right. it's important. Because because I often don't speak with the the end product, like I don't speak with the end client a, a lot of right. times. The ad agency or my agent is in between, and when they understand how important what a voice actor brings to the table is, what the sound in general, how important that is to an entire production how they can explain that to their end client so that they understand. Uh, when they do that, it makes it a lot easier for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, they sell they sell you for like you're already sold as part of the package. Yeah. The, the, and, and not only that, the importance of that component is part of the overall build, not an afterthought. That's huge. I mean, this has been, I think audio branding has been around for a very long time. It's not like I suddenly made it up. <laughs> uh, right, right. I know that um, Gary V was talking about this in 2014. And I know that there, the International Sound Awards started, I think, in 2009. And I know that there are big uh, audio branding companies like Cesium Song and, and Amp and, and people that started before that. So, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. It's just that it was kind of the ad agency's best kept secret for a while. And, right. and then, you know, and, and I even started my podcast before the pandemic. Didn't have anything to do with the pandemic, although I think that has accelerated things by a lot. Right. Because, because people sound, were, were online. Yeah, right. Exactly. We couldn't be face to face. We couldn't, you know, seeing in a lot of times was kind of an extra. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like the, the rise of Clubhouse and all of that. So, yeah, there's there's just there's so much interesting psychological reasons for why sound impresses us so much, why it gets under our skin, why it's memorable. 
And that's really important. I mean, I deal mostly in the marketing, branding, advertising end of things. Even with my voiceover, that's where my voice is is being used. used. And and I find that the companies that pay attention to this, they're they're advertising lands better. It just makes more of an impression. And in a lot of cases. I mean, even bad audio can make an impression if it's used consistently. That's one of the things, right? Like I hear, I hear um, owners of companies doing their own advertising all the time, especially in local markets. And I'm sure you've heard some in your local market, right? Where the owner of the company is the one that's doing the, the spot on video or speaking right. the ad on the radio, right? And no, they are notoriously bad because they have no training on this at all. They often don't know what they're doing, but they're really passionate about their company. Right. So, so if you can capture that in a bottle and then have someone maybe a little more professional do it for you. <laughs> yeah, it but, might land better, right? Exactly. But, but even then, if they're doing this consistently, the people in that local market remember them. I think you raise a really good point that the the voice the voice or the sound the audio component of your marketing isn't an afterthought. It's not just the icing on the cake. It's not something to throw in. It's actually something that should be strategy of the whole packaging. Very and much I so. think especially now it's important to think that way. And I think that we don't always think that way and we really need to um, and we should be thinking about, as we think about our style, our, our tone, our personality, whether we want to bring some humor or whether we're very serious, whether we are um, snarky. You know, there's some brands that really do well with snarky, <laughs> even though that seems very true. Odd, yes, it works. Right. Yep. So um, so what's your biggest tip? when it comes to marketing any business? Well, I mean, think about your sound. Often that's the last mm. thing anyone thinks about. Having a nice logo is wonderful, but how does that sound? Are you doing any audio anywhere? Do you have radio commercials or commercials in podcasts? Or do you have an on hold? Are people waiting on online on the phone and are generally not very happy with you when they are because <laughs> if that's the case you certainly want to have music that is going to calm them down or information that's going to make them feel more comfortable in a voice that might make them feel more comfortable or that at least mirrors who you are as a company See, so i love that all... that's even more that's even more areas of sound that people don't think about like mm -hmm. what's the sound when people are waiting to talk to you what's the sound in the background when you speak online mm -hmm. what's the sound that introduces you you know do you have you know a, a a known sound so when people hear your intro they know it's your show mm -hmm. yeah i think that's great because that's expanding audio and audio branding into areas well beyond just having a voiceover. Oh, um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be expensive either. I mean, none of this is particularly pricey. I mean, having a professionally done intro and outro is probably a one-off price. And whatever right. that price is, you know, I hate to say it, it's worth paying because that makes you sound professional. I always say, if you want 
the the way to decide whether or not you should have an intro done for you professionally is if you have a lot of accolades to your name if you have a lot of things that you want to talk about as far as things you've accomplished and the reason why people should be listening to your podcast then you don't want to be doing that yourself you don't want to say nice things about yourself you right. want someone else to say that for you. <laughs> it was so fantastic having Jody Krangle of voiceoversandvocals.com on our show today here at the Marketing Mirror. Make sure you stay tuned for part two with new topics with Jody. Thank you. Step inside the Marketing Mirror to uncover marketing secrets, discover gems, tactics, lessons, and campaigns you can use, next gen or fundamentals. Grab the marketing magic to improve your marketing and win more business. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all times? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling, styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid.